but that same night god came to solomon and said listen i have kept my word but i expect you to keep your word too he said my presence will be here as long as you guys are following in my ways the day you leave me the day you forget me the day you are not longer following my commandments i am going to give up on this temple what god said was that i will cast away this temple and uh, i will let people come foreigners come and trample this temple and destroy this temple in other words god said i don't care about the silver and gold i don't care about the beautiful structure i don't care about any of these outward things what i care about is where your heart is my message is titled a dwelling place for god uh, let's read this portion ephesians chapter 2 verses 19 through 22 now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of god having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets jesus christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple of the lord in the lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of god in the spirit so now you know where i got the title for my message from it's from that verse 22 by apostle paul says we are uh, being built together to become a dwelling place for god the thought that came to my mind initially was that um the dichotomy of uh, a dwelling place for god in the in the bible because in acts chapter 17 verses 24 to 28 acts chapter 17 verses 24 to 28 apostle paul was in the city of athens and the uh, city of athens at that time was filled with the statues because greek people like the indian people were polytheistic they had uh, so many gods and their hierarchy of gods and there was a temple for everyone every one of them and as apostle paul was walking around in that city he realized that uh, they not only built a temple for every god in their pantheon they also built a god a temple an extra temple and named it to an unknown god um and he understood it meaning that in case we missed any of the gods here is a temple for you also okay that's how much they were into idol worship at that time and he was really moved in in his heart you know remember he was a jewish man to begin with and the jewish people do not believe in idol worship in fact one of the 10 commandments is that thou shall not make any idols that's why you don't see any statues of saints here statue of mary or joseph or jesus or anyone here okay because the bible says very clearly thou shall not make a statue and bow down before a statue so apostle paul was really moved in his heart and uh, this is what he told the athenians at that time can i read this to you acts chapter 17 verses 24 to 28 god 
who made the world in and everything in it since he is lord of heaven and earth does not dwell in temples made with hands nor is he worshiped with man's men's hands as though he needed anything since he gave to all life breath and all things and he has made from one blood say one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined the pre-appointed times and the boundaries for their dwellings so that they should seek the lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him though he is not far from each of us for in him we live and move and have our being and also some of you as some of also some of your poets have said for we are also his offspring so here apostle paul make a very clear statement <clears throat> that god of heaven and earth does not dwell in temples made with hands in other words he is saying telling us that you cannot make a dwelling place for god but at the same time in the same paul in the new testament in multiple places talks about a dwelling place for god we just read one such passage from Ephesians chapter 2 and again in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 he told us i have preached from this in the past he tells us do you know that you are the temple of the holy spirit the temple of god and that the spirit of god dwells in you if anyone defiles the temple of god god will destroy him for the temple of god is holy which temple you are so this is what apostle paul is doing he is saying that god almighty god of heaven and earth does not live in a man made temple you cannot make a temple with a statue i mean a, a marble or stone or or stucco or whatever uh, for god and expect god to dwell in that temple but at the same time god has a temple on earth and who we what is that temple we are the temple of god i will explain that to you what they are trying to do here peter also talked about this in his book in first peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 let me read that verse to you this is what he said there coming to him as to a living stone rejected come on come with me say a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer our spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ so what is happening how can we see the dichotomy in the new testament on one side paul says no no you cannot build a temple for god and then the same paul tells elsewhere that you are the temple of god and remember that you are the temple of god make sure you keep this temple holy So why do we see that dichotomy in the New Testament? I believe what was happening was that the church was just coming into existence. Remember the church started on the day of Pentecost and uh, that same day 3000 people took baptism and all of a sudden it started out as a mega church with 3000 members. And by the time we come to chapter 4, the more people took baptism and uh, the Bible tells us that uh, the number of believers were at least 5000. So imagine in one probably one month's time 
You know, you start a church in one month's time, you have 5,000 members. You know, that's incredible. And that was an incredible beginning for Christian church. But the thing was, uh, the problem was this, that they did not have any theology. They do not know what is going on yet. And they are struggling to make sense of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So, thank God, God brought Apostle Paul into Christian faith because he was a theologian. He was a very educated person. And uh, uh, the other disciples of Jesus, Peter, John, Matthew, all those guys, remember they were fishermen, they were tax collectors. Some of them were just pure dreamers. And they did not know theology. They did not know how to explain theology. That's why Paul ended up writing two-thirds of the New Testament. And, uh, and, 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 and we have... Christian theology today mainly because of Apostle Paul. And even when Peter wrote later, Peter actually borrowed from what uh, Paul wrote. Amen. And uh, so the Christian theology was just emerging. So, and they're understand, they're trying to understand what is the level or what is the limit of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. They remember on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down into the upper room, they all spoke in tongues. And the next day, they started miracles happening by the power of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter three. And, and things are, a lot of things are happening, but they don't know how to explain it. See, this is the beauty of moving with God. Because when you are moving with God, many times, you know, the Holy Spirit take over. And even right in the middle of a service, God is Spirit can take over. And we are not planning these things, folks. I didn't plan before I left from home that I'm going to call all the people to come to the front and, 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 and join worship the way we did today. It is just the whole Spirit of God just leading us and guiding us. And we are just obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's the only thing that we are doing. Amen. And that's where the Christian church was in the in those days. So they understood that God has a purpose. It's more than speaking in tongues. It's more than miracles. You know, the ministry of Holy Spirit is more than miracles, more than speaking in tongues, more than prophesying. We can see a, a whole bunch of gifts of the Spirit in First Corinthians. But it's more than that. So what is the ultimate goal of God by sending the Holy Spirit into this world? And they realize that it is to turn every believer into a temple of God. Every believer into a temple of God. And that's why Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians and, and said, uh, that temple you are. Amen. This is uh, extremely, extremely significant to get that point inside of you. Because many times we look at ourselves as Christians waiting for Jesus to come and take us to heaven. That's our general outlook towards Christianity. But God has a lot more in store for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Because um, a friend of mine who is a college professor and, a, and a, a preacher also made a statement like this many years ago and it has stuck in my brain. And, and this is what he said. The greatest miracle in the world is to take a sinner from an unholy world and change him and make him a holy person and put him back in this unholy world and show the rest of the world how to live a holy life. Did you get what I said? Amen. The greatest miracle in the world is to take a sinner 
from an unholy world and change that person and make him a holy person and put him back in this unholy world so that the rest of the world can see how you can live a holy life. So, what is the temple of God? In our general understanding itself, you know the temple of God is where the presence of God is. Okay, before I go there, let me go in the order, so without mistake, making the order. So, look at this. This is the breakdown of Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 19 through 22. These are the main points that Apostle Paul covers there. I don't have time to explain all of them. I will cover uh, one or two at the end. Okay, there are, these are the main points that... Uh, uh, Apostle Paul is making about this edifice that God is building. Number one, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone yes. of this building. Yes. Number two, this building is built on the foundations of foundation of apostles and prophets. The spiritual leadership under which you live has a great impact on what kind of temple you will become. Amen. And the third thing is. The whole building is fitted together. I will come to that point at my end of my message. Number four, this is a building that grows. Usually when we see a building, once a building is built, it never grows, right? This building is here, I think at least 45, 50 years now ago they built. This building has never grown. <laughs> but the Bible says the building that God is building is a growing building. Hallelujah. Amen. And, uh, and, and it is growing into a holy temple of God. So God knows when he calls you from this sinful world and cleanses you with the precious blood of his son Jesus, he knows that you are not going to become a holy temple of God in one day. But he has given us the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can guide us and we can grow into a temple, holy temple of God. So the important question that you have to ask yourself is, am I growing in my Christianity? I don't want to, you to point to somebody else this morning, but I want you to point to yourself and ask yourself that question. Did I grow in 2023 as a Christian? If I ask that question from here, and if you are truthful this morning, how many of you can truthfully say, that 2023 was a year of growth for me in my Christian faith. Yes, there are people who grew in 2023. I know that. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, let me, let me uh, give you a, a little more uh, background and then I'll come back to Ephesians chapter 2. When the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, along the way, God gave Moses a plan to build a temple. Initially, it was a tabernacle during the journey in the desert. And then he said, when you go to the promised land, I will choose a place. Listen to me. Uh, if you want to know more about that, you can read it in one of my books. Okay. Um, but God said, I will choose a place where, and, and God said, I will choose a place and I will choose a person. And that person will build me a temple at that place and the whole nation should come to that place where I will build, let him build a temple for me and my presence will be there. And that eventually happened when Solomon became king. 
because Solomon was the man whom God had chosen to build this temple and God but God showed to his father David where the temple is supposed to be built you know and that it is at that location that Solomon built the temple I don't have time uh, to go into the details now and when he built that temple it was an magnificent temple somebody has calculated all the gold and silver that was used uh, by Solomon in building that temple and has come to a conclusion that if he was building that temple today it would cost him 15 billion dollars with a b 15 billion dollars how that's how magnificent how precious that temple was and he is so happy that he can build a beautiful structure for God as God gave the the plan to Moses he followed the same plan and then uh, and then he inlaid it with gold pure gold etc amazing structure and that night he had a he prayed a lengthy prayer a prayer of dedication for the temple they dedicated the temple and they sacrificed so many animals and and they they all went home but that night solomon had a surprise god showed up in his dream and said solomon this is something i asked people to do i asked moses to do many generations ago and i told him i will show, show show the place and i will show the person and you are the person you have built this temple at the place i wanted it to be and the presence of god came down remember on the day of dedication the presence of god came down into that temple so the ministers couldn't minister they had to get out of that temple and and the place was filled with god's glory so god god promised kept his promise and he came down and his presence was literally there in the jerusalem temple but that same night god came to solomon and said listen i have kept my word but i expect you to keep your word too he said i my presence will be here as long as you guys are following in my ways the day you leave me the day you forget me the day you are not longer following my commandments i am going to give up on this temple what god said was that i will cast away this temple and uh, i will let people come foreigners come and trample this temple and destroy this temple in other words god said i don't care about the silver and gold i don't care about the beautiful structure i don't care about any of these outward things what i care about is where your heart is yes. when you worship me if the worship is coming from your heart i will receive it i will be in your mercy as i promise but the day your heart goes away from me I don't care about the rest of this stuff. And we know that God did the same thing. A few generations later the Babylonians came. By that time the nation of Israel had backslided. You know I had to I had to preach easy, okay, this morning. Um and 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 uh, uh and the Babylonians had come. Uh, I mean God allowed the Babylonians to come and knock down this temple just as he told Solomon. And I uh, that completely destroyed that temple, burned it down. to ground to collect all the gold from there and they took the gold and went back to babylon with that gold god didn't care about that temple god said i will cast away this temple and when i was preparing this message i realized that that's jesus what jesus said about us too if we are the temple of god do you know god doesn't care about sunny philip per se god doesn't care about any of you per se 
If you, uh, if you want to be a temple of God, you have to keep yourself holy. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13? Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But only as long as you follow me, only as long as you keep that saltiness in you. And he said, if, if the soul loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? You cannot season it back. Do you know that? Hello. Most of us came from third world country, right? When I was a little boy, my mom would send me to a grocery store to buy a little bit of salt, okay? Um, and, uh, and, and, the, and the merchant will wrap up a little bit of salt in newspaper, and I take it home, and we had a, a particular vessel just for salt, um, salt water, okay? We can call it salt water. Um, so my mom would uh, put that salt in there, clean it up, put the salt in there, and pour out some water. Uh, on top of it and shake it and uh, all the saltiness will come out of that salt and let's say that salt was enough for one week for all her cooking but after a week later she will tell me Sonny can you go to store and get some more fresh salt and I would always look in there I said mom most of the salt is still there because the grain is still there are you with me you know, because they didn't use they didn't use powdered salt, you know, like we do we do today. That's what grainy salt. So you know, little crystals of salt. So when you look in that vessel, a lot of crystals are still there. More than half of the crystals are still there. And I would say, Mom, why are we going to store again to buy salt? I see so much salt in there. And she would tell me, but it lost its saltiness. The water already extracted all the salt in, uh, uh, in, us in it. That's just garbage now. What you see in that vessel is just garbage now. So she will, she will tell me, take that vessel and dump it at the foot of one of the trees in our backyard. You know, let it be a manual for, for the tree and clean it up and go to the store and get fresh salt. That's what Jesus was talking about. Do you know something? All of us are Christians. We are the salt of this earth. Amen. But only as long as we keep the saltiness. Amen. Jesus said, the day that saltiness is gone from you, you are garbage. You are worth nothing. The world will despise you. Amen. The world will trample you under their feet. And they, because they can see that you only claim to be a Christian, but you are not really a Christian. We need to wake up. Amen.